It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a Sunday morning edition of The Handle here. What's Matt Brown, on? Mike Samich coming to you. DraftKings Network, VEASAN, proudly brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. I guess it's not morning everywhere, but no. it's 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 noon on the East Coast. Morning to us and uh, 9 a.m. start here. We're going to do this for the next couple of weeks here up through the Super Bowl. Do some previewing of these Sunday games. So, Mike, a little bit of a different uh, feel for us, but I feel really, really good about leading into these games. We get the final lines where we don't normally get that with our show. We get to know any of the late-breaking, last-minute stuff that's coming through. So, looking forward to the next few weeks. I'm excited to be in this time spot. We get to count down to kickoff here. We've got about three hours till the till the first kick with the Lions and the Buccaneers up in Detroit. And like you said, it's nice to know where these lines are moving and be able to react to them in real time. Be interesting to see if we start to see the money rolling in on this early game as we get closer and closer to kickoff sit here we'll try to cool down a little bit stormy keeps the uh, studio at about 85 degrees i did so, yeah. i did change the thermostat yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it keeps it about 85 degrees so we'll, we'll cool it down yeah. here for the first couple of segments and everything will be perfectly fine uh, of course we have two games that are going down today we have bets in both of the games i don't know if you feel more confident in one than the other but we'll certainly break those down a lot here over the next two hours talk about all the prop angles as well bucks and lions comes to you at three o'clock eastern that is currently sitting six six and a half in favor of the lions 49 and a half is the total and of course your uh, last game of the weekend is the chiefs and the bills that is coming to you about 6 30 eastern that is sitting two and a half right now an expensive two and a half in favor of the bills 45 and a half is your total it's Hit that Bucks lions game real quick here, Mike, because this did get to five and a half yesterday when we got off of air. Um, there was some Bucks money that came in and pushed this thing. There were some six and a halves that were still available in the market out there. Pushed it all the way through the six, back down to the five and a half. Then those lines backers came back in pretty heavy here. And now as we, as we sit, we look across the market, it's, it's pretty much six there is one kind of rogue six and a half out there yeah from a line perspective this has been the more interesting game of the two that we're going to see today uh, you mentioned this this side has j- jumped between that that five and a half six and a half number we've never seen seven i highly doubt we see seven at any point before the game here today we're probably going to go off right around six right now you're juiced minus 115 toward the lion side of it the total here has bet been bet way over nothing but over money consistently coming in opened at 46 and a half we've seen this go up all the way to 49 and a half now I missed the 46 and a half, 47, 48, both key numbers when you're looking at totals. So I'm I'm a little hesitant. If I got involved now, I'd be the under player uh, taking that 49 and a half on the underside. I do like Detroit in this game. Now, my my bigger play side and total wise come in the later game. So I'm mainly mm-hmm. on props here in this early game. But if I was going to pick anything of the four, right, the, the Lions, the Bucks, the over or the under, I would take the Lions. And I did throw together a little same game parlay here where I laid 13 and a half with this Lions team because you can get some nice prices on the alts if you believe the Lions are going to be able to take care of business at home. 
Yeah, it is a game in which I think that there's a lot of differing opinions out there right now. You and I talked about it. There seems to be, there is some Bucks love out there. I oh, mean, yeah. we saw yeah. enough come in yesterday. I can only assume when we see a move like that at a, at a weird time like that, there was probably some group that hit it, probably some sort of release out there, uh, taking the six there on that Bucks team, getting it back down to the five and a half. But then pretty shortly afterwards, we get right back up to the six. So people were able to buy back in on the Lions whenever we take a look at that one. Um, overall, we can take a look at this one, Mike. It's a it's a slow team in Tampa and then a fast team in Detroit. And so with that, we are getting about a situation neutral, you would think, about a pace from a pace standpoint, if you're looking at far as far as the total. Now, I am on the over in this game. I think that there is a pretty decent chance that we see some points that we see maybe even a back and forth kind of firefight in this one. We do have two different teams that have very, very good run defenses. And with those run defenses, it does make you wonder if we're going to just see both of these offensive coordinators go, you know what? We're not going to do this whole bang it into the middle of the line for two yards of carry and put ourselves in these second and third and longs. And we're just going to try to do what is most efficient. If we look, you know, the other thing about it is just the Bucks don't have any rush offenses. It is anyway right so it's a very good run defense with the lions and it's a very bad rush offense with the bucks they are 27th rush offense epa 32nd rush offense success rate so they are always playing behind schedule if they run the ball um and then 28th rush offense dvoa pff graded their rush offense dead last in the nfl over the course of the seasons of, of the course of the season lions rush defense number one according to dvoa fourth epa eighth success rate allowed pff had them fifth overall so i think we see a lot of baker mayfield now whether that's going to be efficient or not that's to be determined but i think we see a lot of baker mayfield a lot of targets to godwin and and, and evans out there i i agree with you on all fronts right tampa bay cannot run the ball right and you've got a very good detroit running defense However, this is a really stubborn Tampa Bay offense and specifically their offensive coordinator. All eight of the last Tampa Bay games, White has gotten 11 or more carries. If you look at 10 of the last 11, he's gotten 11 more carries. And over that stretch, five times he's gotten 20 plus carries. He's never efficient with these carries. Mm-hmm. They don't go for very much. You wouldn't expect they're going to go for very much with the Lions. The question to me is how stubborn is this Tampa Bay offense and how much do they try and force the run down the Lions' yeah. throat? If they try, it is going to be bad news for them because you're going to see second and long, third and long, and then Baker is going to have to figure out how am I going to be able to push this ball down the field against this Lions secondary versus being in positive game states where you're sitting there and saying, hey, it's third and three. I have a lot of different options where I can go. And then that home crowd gets going. You've got the noise. The offensive line has to deal with checks and adjustments when you have probably the loudest crowd we're going to Mm. see. And that's saying something because we have a game in Buffalo. But Baker called a bunch of his former teammates on the Rams this week and was quoted that they all said this is the loudest stadium they ever played in last week in Detroit. I think that energy is right back. I think it's going to be tough sledding here for the Tampa offense. And I just don't trust Baker in this environment to have a monster game. That's where my biggest concern is here from the over perspective and the Bucks perspective. Yeah, this is where this is definitely where we, we disagree. I think they're going to be able to do this. I mean, like this, this, this past defense, it's just, not good. It's not good <laughs> at all. Um, if you look last four games that the Lions have played, Stafford went for 367. Mullins went for 396. Dak went for 345. Mullins before that went for 411 against this team. So, I mean, we're looking at the the worst performance. And I say this with air quotes was a 345 yard performance by Dak Prescott. It's just you can get through them through the air. And if you look at this Bucks offense since week 10, their drop back EPA was actually eighth overall in the NFL ahead of teams like the Bills, ahead of teams like the Dolphins, ahead of teams like the Chiefs that we would widely consider to have good offenses. And the Bucks are actually better than them whenever they did drop back. Now, you're, you're right. It depends on how stubborn they're going to be. Will they just take the path of least resistance? Or are they going to sit there and continue to go, no, we're going to run it. Come <laughs> hell or high water, we're going to run it. You know, like that that's certainly something in the back of my mind. But I would like to think that you look at those numbers and go, wait, 
Mullins went for 411 and 396 against his team twice in the last four games. Pretty wild. Pretty yeah. wild. I mean, yeah, you've got some very good wide receivers there for Minnesota, but you've got some talented wideouts here for the Buccaneers mm. as well, right? I mean, you've, you've got uh, Mike Evans out there who didn't have the best game last week. You'd expect he's going to be able to really bounce back. And you mentioned this yesterday, huge size advantage as mm. well. Not a very big secondary here from Detroit. And you've got some very big wide receivers for the Bucs. Because of what we're talking about, Feels to me that if you if you like the over the second half specifically could be see could be where you see a lot of points maybe play look at the first half under second half over in this spot because you've got a Bucks team I do think is going to be stubborn out of the gate they're going mm. to try and quiet the crowd run the football it's not going to work and that is something that I think pushes it toward the under early you also might see some jitters here mm. from Detroit right out of the gate. We talked about the motivation factor yesterday. This is a team that talked about how it felt like they won the Super Bowl when they were around Detroit this week. That was just a wild card game. They've got to come back, got to get the emotion up, got to play well early in this game and try and jump on Tampa. To me, I think the the under in the first half is more likely of the two and the over in the second half when the Bucks really have no choice but to throw is when you could see that that really push up. Lions, one of the top rated offenses all season long. And if you're wondering, OK, is the number skewed because of what happened early on the season? You can go to week 10 and push it out from week 10 all the way to the end of the season. They were the fifth overall offense EPA per play. So it was just a good offense all, all year long. It doesn't matter. The numbers are not skewed. Offensive line, very, very good. Finished as the second overall graded offensive line according to Pro Football Focus and all the NFL. So Jared Goff should have time to throw, should have time to operate here, and should have time to move the ball. One last little thing about my over. If you look at that game versus the Rams last week, first half, Rams kicked a field goal from the Detroit six. <laughs> touchdown, touchdown. Those are the three first half possessions against Detroit. Second half, they punted their opening possession. They kicked a field goal from the Detroit nine. Next possession, kicked a field goal from the Detroit 11, Right. They punted the uh, the next possession after that. They made it all the way down to the 34-yard line. Then there was a holding call, which pushed them back to the 44, and they ended up having to punt it away. The Lions moved the ball against – I mean, the Rams moved the ball against the Lions every single possession that they had except for one all game long. And so they outgained the Lions 425 to 334 in that one as well. I just don't see – I don't see a sputtering uh, – I just don't see a sputtering from either one of these offenses in this game. I think that both of them uh, get it going pretty good. Uh, Chiefs and Bills, we'll get into this one much, much more. These teams did play on December the 10th at Arrowhead, Mike. It was the greatest lateral that never was <laughs> never game, happened, right? Yes, yeah. the greatest lateral that never happened game. If you're wondering, both quarterbacks not incredibly efficient in that game. 23 of 42 for Allen, uh, 25 of 43 for Mahomes. Now, Allen did have 10 carries in that game. Is that a sneak peek of what we may or may not see from an offensive perspective with the Bills in this game? Just he did have 10 carries. Kelsey, 6 for 83 on 10 targets. Rasheed Rice, 7 for 72 on 10 targets. So 20 of those 43 targets but just between those two guys there. Chiefs finished with 5.6 yards per play to the Bills, 4.5. Uh, interesting the no Pacheco in that game. So that should mm -hmm. be a big difference today versus what we saw in Arrowhead. Uh, it, the turnover is going to be key in this game as well. You say that every time. But if Josh Allen can protect the football, this is going to be a, a tough spot for Kansas City. I would almost expect a similar game plan to what we saw when the Cowboys went up to Orchard Park, where the Bills absolutely tried to run it down their throats. Very good Kansas City defense. Worse against the run than they are the pass. you got to expect Buffalo to try and run the football. Six is now juiced at DraftKings in favor of the go. Lions. Michigan fans standing up out there, huh? You coming in for your Detroit Tigers here? Six minus 115 now for Detroit Lions at home. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. 
And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, we've got a new website. Same address, different look. It's vsin.com, V-S-I-N.com. Mobile first focus on this one. We know everyone's doing everything on their smartphones these days, Mike. So you pop open your phone, you hit vsin.com, and you are going to get a very pleasurable experience on your... Listen, no app anymore, but that's okay. It's okay. Because you're going to get basically a better experience on your phone anyway by just popping up at thevisan.com. Just bookmark it, throw it on a thumbnail, put it on the home screen on your iPhone. You're good to go. Click on that. That's just like the app. Complaint department is Bill 80. So if you want to talk about all that, you can go and, and let him know how you feel about everything. But honestly, it navigates better. It loads faster. And there's more data in there as well. Vison.com, V-S-I-N.com. Matt Brown, Mike Samich coming to you here from Las Vegas. Hey, Rainy. Las Vegas rained on my, not on me, but on my car. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. In Las Vegas. Yeah. It was raining in Santa Barbara when I left. Unacceptable. Un- like, this is not why we live here. It is not. That's no. why I came here to avoid all wetness, yep. uh, no rain, no snow, no any of this. All stuff. the like, inclement weather. Yeah, don't want any of the, no natural disasters. I no. don't want any of these things. Now I could get earthquakes. Yeah. Well, in, in Louisiana, you get the, you get the tornadoes, oh, and you those get the are hurricanes, brutal, and you get the whole nine. Uh, get, on, get on out of there. Tornadoes, you know? get no warning, too. Yeah, I got out of there. Drop in on you. Dunzo, and I have to deal with it here, but... It's okay. We're powering through here on a Sunday morning, counting you down to the Bucks and the Lions. Chiefs and Bills coming to you a little bit later. We were talking about Chiefs and Bills as we went to break, and I want to kind of elaborate here a little bit more on this because there is an injury situation that does play into your handicap, I do believe, if you've been paying attention to what's going on with the Bills. Very unfortunate, right? I mean, a lot of different injuries here that have really affected how this team looks, and then here they come into this game, the most important game of their season. Christian Benford is out. Taylor Rapp is out. Balen Spector is out. Gabe Davis is out. Terrell Bernard is listed as questionable. He DNP'd all week long. So even if he does go, he is playing far, far less than 100%. Taron Johnson at corner is also listed as questionable. And then even though he didn't get an actual designation here, Mike, Steph Diggs pops up on the injury report on Thursday as a DNP. They officially listed as a rest day because he had some sort of foot thing that was going on. And he... It was only a limited practice on Friday as well. So not great when you pop up on the injury report. Not great when they have to give you the day off on, on Thursday because they're like, eh, rest that thing. You know, so again, all those guys that are out, a couple of key guys that are also questionable. And then even though he's not, doesn't have a designation, Steph Diggs is at least dealing with some sort of foot something. And pretty unfortunate for Buffalo. I mean, we, we talked about in the middle of the season, you lose Matt Milano. It took them almost four weeks to be able to figure out how are we going to revamp this linebacker core to get our defense back to where it was when Milano was in there. They figure it out. And then you have a wild card game where they lose everybody yeah. that they used to be able to figure it out. So you're kind of back to the drawing board here. And, and not only that, 
the postponement of the game from Saturday or from Sunday, Sunday morning to Monday morning really hurt the Bills in this sense because you get banged up in that game against the Steelers and then you have a quick turnaround here. Only five days rest to go against the Chiefs when the Chiefs had basically a bye in week 17 and able to handle the Dolphins fairly easily last week but able to do so a day before the Chiefs game was even scheduled. So just when you set this up here, the Chiefs coming off more rest, they're clearly healthier and one of the differences in the Chiefs and the Bills stadium, the Chiefs field is heated. So when it's frigid there, at least the field isn't rock hard. The Bills field is not heated. That thing was pavement last week, and now you've got to go back out there again and play on that same field in those same conditions five days later after being banged up. And you mentioned Diggs's foot. You know what I really would not want to play on if I'm Steph Diggs? A rock hard field five <laughs> days later when my foot's bothering me. So a lot of built-in advantages here for the Chiefs just based on the scheduling and based on the injury report. Jeff Ulrich going to join us a little bit later. We'll get his thoughts on what he thinks in this. Nick Whalen going to join us as well. On the Chiefs side of things, Sky Moore out, Kadarius Tony out, Noah Gray out. Eh. Yeah. Do you eh. care? Yeah, it's I mean, like, I mean, do you, you don't really care. Actually, if you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably like, Kadarius Tony's out. Yeah. Yes. We don't have to yeah. worry about yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, that's two drops we don't have to yeah. worry about. And all sides. So he's, he's done so. Um, as far as questionable, Justin Ross. He sees very, very little snaps as it is anyway. And then Willie Gay, though, is questionable for the Chiefs in this one. So that actually could affect something whenever we see. The one injury there, Mm. the the gray injury, Mm. if you're a prop better, all of a sudden Watson and Bell specifically Mm. have a little bit of more value. You've seen a lot of Kansas City first touchdowns. Zero for Kelsey so far this year. Producer Stefan mentioning that to us consistently. But they do like to throw to those tight ends. And so all of a sudden, Watson and Bell create some value there in the prop market for any time touchdown, first touchdown, or if you want to try and go over their props. So while I do lean towards the Chiefs in this game and have them as the second leg of that kind of name your own teaser number thing, yeah, yeah, thing that I've got going on here, first leg home already on the Ravens, this Chiefs defense, it is worth mentioning. We were sitting here saying for the first half of the season, we're like, man, this offense isn't any good, but thank God that defense is great because if it wasn't for that defense, then maybe we would be looking at this team completely different. Weeks one through nine, fifth in EPA per per play allowed in the NFL. Pretty good. That is elite, right? If you're in the top five and something like that, defense is playing elite. Weeks 10 to 17, I didn't go to week 18 because they rested everybody. So weeks 10 to 17, 17th in EPA per play allowed. Now, that's not bad, but it is worth noting that they went from an elite defense, a top five defense in the league, to a about league average defense. Again, not bad, but that does lead you to a place where we were, where, where we had to kind of separate what we saw at the beginning of the season and like start to understand what really happened here over the second half because this is the team currently that we're getting today, right? We're not getting that team from weeks one to nine. We're getting this, this team this week, which is more in that middle-ish range than it is in that very top tier. We are. Now, we, we did see some injuries for this Chiefs team. Nick Bolton, specifically a big injury for them. They had to revamp their linebacking core as well during the middle of that season. They are 100% healthy coming into this playoff game here. So I, I do think we're going to get a better version of this Chiefs defense of what we saw coming down the stretch because of the way that this is trended for them from an injury perspective. Also going to be interesting to see what this Chiefs team does defending Josh Allen and the Bills for the second time. And whether or not Andy Reid kind of cooks something up on the offensive side to attack this Bills defense differently here the second time around. You mentioned Allen, 10 rushes in that first game. I think that's going to be one of the big focuses here for the Kansas City defense. We do not want to get beat on the ground by Josh Allen, specifically in those key third down third down situations. So I expect the Chiefs to have an answer for those specific spots. The other key here is going to be, what do you do with the tight ends from Buffalo? We've seen Kincaid have a phenomenal rookie season. He has really broken out. He had a big game last time. uh, Dawson Knox, injured during the middle of the season, has been working his way back to health as well. You now have two very good tight ends, and when you're looking at a Buffalo team that's going to establish the run, or at least try to establish the run in this game, all of a sudden, it puts a ton of stress on these linebackers because you've got not only the Cook run to worry about, not only the Allen run to worry about, but if you run play action, 
and you're sitting there with one running back, two tight ends, their responsibility is going to be those tight ends off that play action as well. And it'll give opportunities for Knox and Kincaid to make big plays, which is going to be important because we mentioned the Diggs injury. He's also against Sneed and the, the officiating crew, one of the least pass interference penalty crews that we've seen in the NFL. So Snead is going to be able to be very, very physical. We saw that last week with Hill, where he was pushing him on the ground, bumping him at the line. I would expect Snead to follow Diggs around in this game and be extremely physical with him. So Buffalo's success is going to be reliant on the run game and the tight ends through the air. We'll see if they can get it done. It is going to be in the 20s, right? And so just with a little bit of a 10 to, let's call it 15-ish, 10 to 15-ish mile an hour went, that's nothing that we get, you know, that's not when the tentacles go, oh, okay, yeah. you know, that's not really anything that we're worried about here. Yeah, it's going to be cold and it sucks to be playing in the cold for sure. It's going to hurt worse when you get hit and the ball's going to be a little bit harder, but this isn't anything that we are looking at going like, oh, okay, so here's part of the handicap because the wind is, again, there might be some gusts that if you just happen to throw it when a gust comes through, that's just unlucky on you, but it's not a it's not a constant sustained wind where we're going to say, okay, this is going to affect this part of the game. No, it's not. And we've seen both these teams play well in the cold as well. I mean, you look at what Buffalo's offense did last week against Pittsburgh. That game was bet to the under consistently all week because everyone was expecting the 50 mile per hour gusts on Sunday morning, the snow on Sunday morning. You flash forward to Monday morning, Uh, winds 10 to 15 miles per hour with a 20 hour gust similar to what we're expecting to see here frigidly cold wildly cold yes it's going to be not fun it's sitting in the stands specifically no (laughs) i'm guessing they'll be lubricated i think they're (laughs) going to be okay for it uh but then you see the just offensive explosion i mean that game flew over it wasn't even close and so and now you have a team in kansas city who's used to playing in the cold they played in the cold last week against the miami dolphins their offense didn't struggle Mm -hmm. they could have put 40 points on the board in that yeah. game. I mean, the red zone wasn't great from the Chiefs. Everything else was very, very good when they were moving the football. So uh, to me, the weather is not the issue here. I do like the under quite a bit in this game. Mm. When we dive a little bit deeper, we'll get into that handicap. But to me, this is two teams that are going to be focused on running the football because when you look at the weakness of both these defense, it's against the run. And that's how I expect both of these teams to try and establish their, their game and then move to the passing game from there. I also am on the under in this game. Again, nothing to do with the weather at all, nothing to do with anything more than the fact that this Chiefs offense, while I do think that maybe they figured a little bit out here, and we'll talk about some of this stuff in, in the prop segment of the show, I'm not just going to say all of a sudden they, they figured it out, they yeah. fixed it, everything's going to work perfectly, and all of the 15 weeks of sample size of clunkiness that we saw, just throw it out the window. But you also have to remember that Miami defense was absolutely banged up. Yeah. I mean, no pass rush whatsoever, injuries at the linebacker level, injuries at the cornerback level, safeties out. I mean, that was a different Miami defense than what we saw specifically midway through that year. So it, not surprised they were able to be effective. Jeff Ulrich going to join us when we come back. He'll talk some NFL. We'll talk some golf as well when we come back. Coming back, it is The Handle here on a Sunday morning. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. Each and every morning, you can wake up to our very own Bill 80. All you got to do is go in, vsin.com slash newsletter. It is free. It costs you $0.00 and zero cents to get not only a wrap-up of what happened the night before, but a preview of everything that's going to be happening the day of. Bill stays, stays up until odd hours of the night to get this thing out to you each and every day of the week. He'll give you some picks. He'll give you some strategy. He'll also give you some easy links to all of the stuff that we're doing over there. So go in, vsin.com slash newsletter. Absolutely free. It's worth every single penny you pay for it, which is none. Zero. Rolled in at 3.09 a.m. There you go. See? Look at that. See, I'm telling you, that is just that. That's what Good you get. Good on man. That's I, what an incredible job. For free here at, uh, at VEASAN, if you can go in. It was the first thing that I signed up for before I even started working here. I, I have, What's the newsletter? Yeah. I have been a newsletter member for, for almost five years now. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. And uh, if you were watching in the video feed, yes, the little cartoon caricature looks exactly like Bill. So if you, all you have to do is just take a picture of that. If you're ever walking through Circo, you'll be like, oh, there he is. That's him. I'm surprised that's not his Twitter picture. And it should be. Right? we got to get that going. It's the circle even. <laughs> I like it a lot. All right. So listen, this the majority of the year, we didn't have a lot of guests on the show because no. there were so many games to get through. We didn't have time to get guests in. But now 
with only a couple of games to talk about. We can get some Casual. other opinions in here. You guys don't have to worry about us just sitting here talking <laughs> in these microphones the whole entire time. And so Jeff Ulrich from up north has decided you can find him on the Twitter machine at the Fantasy Grind, NFL, NHL, PGA. He does it all. Jeff, thanks for the time, buddy. Thanks a lot for having me back, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, we are. Uh, we're pretty excited. Get you get your thoughts here on on these games. I mean, we saw the five and a half pop again last night briefly as some support came in for the Bucks, but we're back up to six, and now it's a juiced six actually over at DraftKings minus one fifteen. So some of that Lions love coming in here as we approach kickoff. Forty nine and a half is the total. What you like here in this Bucks Lions game? Yeah, no, I mean, this is a pretty interesting game. Um, you know, I'm not shocked that like, you know, the, the public's perhaps, or, or maybe just, you know, Sharp's money potentially also coming in after the, the Lions got under six. It's a fairly key number. Obviously, this one opened around, like right at seven, got bet under. It's kind of hit, stayed in that six to six and a half range. And now it's it, it's kind of been drifting towards the, the buck side getting shorter. But, uh, you know, I teased the Lions with the Chiefs early in the week, but if I was betting it right now. Like I, I, w- I would hit the, the Buccaneers. I mean, I, I do think this is an interesting spot for them. This Lions defense giving up a ton of explosive plays. They seem to be just be playing with fire every week, trying to see how many yards they can give up while still winning the game. And they've been successful, but you know, eventually that's going to bite them. And um, the Buccaneers probably the healthiest they've been all season. Um, their defense has been playing a lot better. I, I think they can get pressure on Jared Goff. When you get pressure on Jared Goff, I mean, he he tends to crumble. So. We saw it against Green Bay. We saw it in a couple other spots. It's a really interesting matchup. Um, I lean the Buccaneers and the points here. You know, I, I don't have a play on the total, but I would lean over as well. Um, I, I think that at the very least, even if the Lions get behind, their offense is just so good that they're probably going to force Tampa Bay, um, you know, potentially to score like 27, 28 to win the game. So lean over, but certainly my, my play that I like from this one is, is Bucks. And we talked about in the first segment here, the run defense for the Detroit Lions and what Rashid White's going to be able to Rashad White's going to be able to do when rushing the football yeah. for Tampa, how consistently they're going to go to him. I went to the under on his rushing prop, but you like him in a different way here. Let's talk about the, the props that you like in this game as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, you know, some some potential for explosion in this game. Uh, but, you know, we're talking about Rashad White, and I do think he's going to be key for Tampa Bay. It's just like you said, it's a really tough matchup. The Detroit Lions you know, top 10 in most metrics, EPA by uh, rush defense. So, I mean, what Rashad White does really well is just he's an elite receiver. 13 of 19 games, he went over 20 yards receiving this year. Um, you know, and down the stretch, I mean, he was even better. I mean, he had a ton of big games. You look at the Lions defense as well. You know, they, do, they haven't allowed like a ton, ton of big games to receiving running backs, but a lot of the good elite pass catching running backs, they average like 10 yards per catch against them. So again, those explosive plays are be there for White even if the bucks get ahead. I mean, again, I just see the lions not, they're not going to give up. I don't think this will be like a, a repeat of the Philadelphia game at all. And I think that'll just lead to more white potential up-tempo snaps, up-tempo situations where he's probably catching a few more passes than last week. I think you see a return to the norm, potentially even past his norm in terms of receiving ability. I like him over 22 and a half. I even play alternate yards with Rashad white, potentially same game parlay him. Uh, I, I, he's got the potential to go for 50 yards. He's done it multiple times this year. So so uh, we said here, usually it's favorite and over in these island games. We get the juiced six now for the Lions. Now a juiced over of 49 and a half. People have woken up. Not surprised. Had a couple of Bloody Marys this morning. <laughs> decide they're going to come in and start firing on the uh, on the favorite and the over. So now the 49 and a half is juiced to minus 115 as well. So we might see that one tick over as well. So let's talk about uh, Sam Laporta. We know he was out there wearing like an offensive lineman knee brace this past week, but for whatever reason, was able to, you know, the, these guys are superhuman these days and was able to look pretty normal out there despite he, despite the fact that he was wearing that brace. Major knee injury, we thought. Doesn't seem to be the case, and uh, you're going to go ahead and ride it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if Sam Laporta played last week and he played through it and he still put up decent numbers, I mean, I, I, I would trust him in this spot. I think that when you look at his, like where his, uh, his numbers are at, you know, four and a half receptions, it's been a pretty solid number to take the over on him. And, and like, you know, earlier this morning at the very least, his reception total, you're still getting plus money on it. Um, I know just in our projections over, over on fantasy life, I mean, we have him, you know, projected right around this or just to the over. So to me, I think there's a little bit of value there and it really just comes down to how you view this game as well. I don't think the line's necessarily going to be ahead the whole game. I think this will be a little bit closer than people think. It's just going to lead to more targets for Laporta. 
really good matchup there too. I mean, I think the Buccaneers middle of the field, still a weakness, still give up quite a few receptions to opposing tight ends. So again, the yardage with the Porta because of his knee, not necessarily as bullish on it's not a big total, but I, I would rather go to the receptions. I still think he's going to be a key figure. Don't forget like Khalif Raymond out stuck a target or two more potentially for, for Laporta in this spot. So I like the spot for him. I, I think at the very least you'll see him probably end up with seven or eight targets in this game. I, I like the look there, Jeff, especially looking toward receptions versus yardage. You mentioned it. He, he didn't run deep routes last game. We saw a lot of those four or five yard routes. And so that's going to make it tough to get over that 42 and a half, but still should get the seven, eight targets, which makes it a little easier to go over that four and a half reception number. Let's shift gears here. Let's look to the later game a little bit closer to you up there in Canada. We've got the Bills. We've got the Chiefs. We saw this game earlier, 37 points in the first matchup. You're expecting more of the same here today. Absolutely. I mean, look, it, it's Josh Allen, you know, obviously they, he, he still pushed the game to the over last week. Um, you know, when, when I, I think like a lot of people were expecting that game just to be ugly, but you know, they also got a, a venue or a, a day change and, and stuff like that. So there's a little bit more going on, but uh, this is really just also about the chiefs. I mean, you know, these, these two teams combined 24 and 12 to the under this year. Um, the chiefs have been one of the, just the, the heaviest under teams in, in the league. Um, you know, th- their offense, obviously, you know, it, it popped up a little bit last week, but even last week, like you saw, I mean, they kind of stalled out a little bit in the fourth quarter. They kind of just leaned on their defense more. Um, you also have the bills adopting more of a run heavy approach since they, they went, uh, to Joe Brady as at OC. So, you know, negative drop back, uh, percentage over their last few games as well. So they're dropping back less. Um, the last two meetings between these teams have gone under 45 and a half. You mentioned the first meeting was well under this total. I think we, all things considered, I mean, it, it, it's just, it's hard for me to get to the over in this spot, certainly with Mahomes and especially Josh Allen, you know, creating explosive plays. It could happen, but 45 and a half is a pretty big number here. We're not talking about 43 or 44. I mean, we're, we're kind of over those numbers. So I, I would still lean to the under in this one as well. Um, I actually think both unders are kind of in play. I mean, I think, again, I, I talked about Tampa Bay plus six. I think with everyone kind of looking in the other direction, like going against the group thinking that game is, is, is good, but there's, there seems to be a little bit more of a balance in this game. You know, there, there isn't, there isn't so much of uh, one, one way, one way action. So I do like the under in this one. I think just playing the trends for Kansas city makes a lot of sense in this game. Talking to Jeff Ulrich, DraftKings analyst, Jeff, we know no Gabe Davis today for the bills. And we have seen, Khalil Shakir kind of pick up the slack there when Davis has been out. So what are you looking at with him? Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, I, I actually talked about Khalil Shakir this morning and I think his receiving prop has gone up about four yards <laughs> since, I, Moving since then. It's certainly not, not my, my doing. It's just, you know, I think people are cluing into this situation for Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir has averaged 51 yards over his last 11 games. Now it's been a little bit up and down. He's had some hundred yard games. He's had some 10 yard games, but this is a pretty important piece of the bills offense right now. He's certainly almost been more of a one, a receiver than a wide receiver two to Stefan Diggs down the stretch. Um, it had a big play last week, you know, just kind of after the catch, you look at the chiefs as well. They're not as good in, against the slot 13th, most fantasy points allowed to slot receivers. Gabe Davis is out a few more receptions. Again, I, I, the, the prop has gone up and you're not getting the best number now, but um, when you look at his averages and when you look at, you know, potentially playing his alternate lines as well, I think Shakir is still uh, a pretty solid over target in this game. You can find him over on the Twitter machine at the fantasy grind. Great work over at DraftKings as well. Catch not only his NFL stuff, but you can catch NHL. You can also catch PGA stuff as well. Jeff, thanks for the time today, buddy. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Alex Bjork top 10 was his golf pick that we were unable to get to. So Flyers you money go line in. minus 140 as well for the pucks. You got to give respect to hockey. That one starts in uh, 20 minutes. Nobody's betting hockey today. Senators stink, man. No, I like that look. They're like no, no, three and 14 on the road. Nobody's betting hockey today. That's betting hockey. We don't have to worry about it. We'll look at these games from yesterday as well. Some look ahead lines when we come back here on the handle. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Summage on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs and is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs even more electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game, get 200 instantly in bonus bets. But you got to go in, download the app, use the promo code VSIN, V-S-I-N, and when you do, bet $5, you're going to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You're also going to get no sweat, same game parlay every day of the NFL playoffs as well. Can't beat that. Let's go. V-S-I-N whenever you download the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours, Matt Brown. Mike Samich coming to you here on a special edition. Is this a special edition? It's a special edition. Special edition of the hand. We're going to call it special. It feels special. Honestly, every edition is special. Yes, it is But this true. one's extra it special. Is. This is an extra special edition. Woke up. The the alarm went off nice and early. It felt good. Mm-hmm. Hopping out of bed and I saw the rain. But it, 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 I'm not salty about it's the, the first time I've drank coffee. Yeah, there you the go. Show. Yeah. But that's it's, special. No, it's coffee before the show yeah. for you. It's it's coffee. It's before, nothing else. Not yeah, but it's, it's but it's nothing else. Yeah. You know, there's no, nothing else going in. There's you. some sparkling waters. Yeah, every so now yeah. And then. <laughs> there's a lot of sparkling <laughs> waters. Good for you. All right, we're counting you guys down to the Bucks and the Lions. As I said, still sitting at juiced six on the Lions. Could we see a six and a half pop again? We'll see. I imagine that'll get scooped up just yeah. like we saw whenever it hit six and a half before with the Bucks. 49 and a half is slightly juiced towards the over as well. So maybe we start to see some of the love come in on that side of things. We talked to you about the Chiefs and the Bills. What we haven't done is talked about yesterday and not a ton to say about the Ravens and Texans. Really, it was a 24-point win by the Ravens. Texans held it kind of close, but at the end of the day, if you don't score with your offense, you're really not going to win very many games in the NFL, and there were zero touchdowns in the game by the Texans' offense. The one touchdown that you see on the scoreboard, if you did look, was a kick return. One field goal in the first quarter, a kick return in the second shutout in the second half, and we talked about this leading in this game like this. 
Ravens defense has been very, very good all year long. They have been very tricky and sneaky with the way that they go about their coverages and how they go and try to confuse quarterbacks. And C.J. Stroud wasn't bad yesterday, but certainly it wasn't one of those performances where you looked and you go, wow, this is unbelievable what this kid is doing. And I think a lot of that has to do with Baltimore and what they present on the defensive side of the ball. It's a really tough defense, especially against the run. And we saw that with Singletary, just nine carries for 22 yards, really took no pressure off C.J. Stroud in this game whatsoever. And you flip over to the other side and Baltimore able to run the football at will over 200 yards rushing in this game, keeping that Texans offense off the field as well. So just not very many opportunities to be able to put points on the board specifically in the second half when the Ravens just able to run the football down the Texans throat thought it was a very workmanlike effort from the Ravens. They came out a little slow, weren't as efficient, as impressive as you were expecting on the offensive side of the football in the first half. But once we got into the second half, they really started to assert their physical dominance on the game and were able to, to dispatch a Texans team who, uh, by all accounts, had a phenomenal year. So you can't take away from the Texans able to make the playoffs, win a playoff game. Their to- over-under was sitting at six and a half when the year started. I thought they had no prayer of going over that total. So phenomenal season for the Texans, but just ran into a better football team here who really controlled the game on the ground. Yeah, it was it was a game in which if you if you, you know, look, if you watched it, it was never really in doubt, even though it kind of. It, it kind the, of felt first even, half felt a little sketchy, but it was the, the Texans weren't weren't doing anything on the offensive side of the Correct. ball that like made you feel like it, it was more one of those kind of, and we'll talk about this next game in a second we were going man you better take advantage of this yeah. like you know man you better take advantage of this man you better take advantage of this and when they were just not able to take advantage of it you kind of felt like at some point it was going to turn and then obviously it did in the second half and the missed field goal at the end of the first yeah. half huge as well I mean the Texans being able to go into the locker room up 13-10 very different feel than going in there tied 10-10 and, and they got that punt return touchdown that's that was their their track to win this football mm-hmm. game they would have needed to turn Lamar Jackson over one maybe two times be able to get some short fields get points on the board that way because they really didn't have that much uh, effectiveness through the air with CJ Stroud they couldn't run the football at all with Singletary it was just a very tough spot for them especially to go on the road and try and do that as such a young football team we'll see them again next year it's gonna be a fun AFC South next year yes it really was the will. last time I said that it really will but that Texans offense as I said just pretty putrid yesterday they were if you kind of go down i mean minus 0.45 epa per play rushing minus 0.14 epa per play passing if you're negative point expected points on both rushing and passing not going to be too good for you everything it was bad on early downs it was bad on late downs like everything about it was just not good cj stroud minus 0.14 epa per play over the course of the game as well so just Kind of is what it is. Defense won. Yep. Offense wasn't able to figure anything out. And like I said, Texans will be better next year. Ravens now move on. We'll talk about some look-ahead lines here in just a second. The second game is a game that, it, it, listen, if you had the Packers money line. I just, I can't with this game. If you had the Packers money line, I feel so bad for you. They dominated this game. This game was dominated by the Packers except for the very final score, which is 24 to 21. It just over and over again, we sat in here as we were watching, we leave, we're texting about it. Everyone on the internet's talking about it. So how the Packers figured out a way to lose that game is just a masterclass of not taking advantage of opportunities handed to you by a far superior team. And we said it while we were on there, Mike, it feels like it felt like that they kept allowing the San Francisco 49ers to hang around and hang around and dropping pick sixes and dropping other interceptions and settling for field goals and getting stopped on third down and one and fourth down and all these different little things. How long was it going to take for it to finally break? And then it finally broke. Then it finally broke the last drive for the Niners are able to go down the field, turn a 21 17 game and 24 21 game. And this was, I'm so happy. This was the late game at least. I was on tilt after this game. I mean, I was just, I was so upset about not only the the side, because yeah, I was one of the plus 380 guys Mm. on the Packers. The over here was so far and away the correct side and doesn't get home. You have the Packers score 20 out of a possible 42 points on their six red zone trips. Uh, You've got that early. We talked about this on the on air. They just the missed opportunities early in this game for the Packers defined this game. 
along with a missed field goal. Mm-hmm. And then Jordan Love's worst pass of the season. It's just a brutal way to go down as a Packers better here. But when they had that lead, it was 3-0. And we're sitting here and you have the drop pick six. And then they have the ball again down in the red zone. You fourth and one conversion, which fails. San Francisco gets the ball back. All of a sudden, it's 7-3. They get the ball back. They get down the field. They kick another field goal, 7-6. It's just... It should not have been seven six going into half. Yeah, it felt like this should have been seventeen to seven, something like that. Uh, and the Packers not able to take advantage in the first half. And then the Achilles heel of this team, their field goal kicker, rears its head at the worst possible yes. time. If you're an overbacker or if you're a Packer backer in this spot, or a money line backer, they they get home plus the ten and a half rather easily. But that missed field goal cost the over because if you get 24 24 guess what you're going to at least 51 that game's going over and the packers are awfully live here brock purdy just a mess in this game i mean he looked atrocious now got him down the field to score mm-hmm. that final drive people talking about you know that was it man he was bad before that yeah. i mean just straight up bad could not handle the elements we saw him take the glove off try and throw without the glove he's gonna have to play a lot better for this team moving forward if they want any chance to be able to win a super bowl and the debo samuels injury one of the key pieces of this offense is going to be something that's going to be very important moving forward as well. The exact same shoulder injury he had earlier this year, which cost him multiple games, is the issue. that They're optimistic they get him back, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it was, we, like I said, the worst pass, I'm not going to say, of the, maybe of his life uh, it to was, end the game. I mean, like it was just the worst. There were, there were three uh, defenders to one very, uh, very covered receiver, and then the ball was still eight yards short of him. It, it was... You didn't need to do it. Yeah. It was 52 seconds on the clock. Yeah. You, first and 10, you had two timeouts. All you needed was a field goal. Well, you might have needed a touchdown because mm-hmm. your kicker might have missed yes, another yes, one. But yeah. you throw the ball away. You're already out mm-hmm. of the side of the pocket. Just air it into this, the first row of the stands, man. It was, it was, that one was bad. But again, there was an interception earlier in the game. And we just talking about all these opportunities and how things just, they just weren't able. Jordan Love, majority of the game was pretty decent. Horribly misses an open receiver who does the whole like, you know, and, and rightfully so. It's just natural instinct. Throws the hand up, tips it, ball goes in the air, ends up getting intercepted. Things like that. Like Jordan Love, if that pass is on target, they probably moved the chains. It's not a turn. Like, there's just so many different mm-hmm. things that went down. And even still, had a chance to win the game, had a chance to at least tie the game. Everything about this game went the way of the Packers, and they just would not seize it. They just wouldn't yeah. grab it. They, they ripped the feet out yes. of the jaws of victory. <laughs> it was unbelievably terrible uh, from all aspects. That said, from a prop betting standpoint, of course, they cover the 10, so we don't have to, we don't have to give you that. The, over does not get home, though it probably should have, even though it was dead in the first half. Like there were so many different ways it could have gotten there. In the second half, Jordan Love did not get to his passing total. Aaron Jones flies over his rushing, gets 108 yards in this thing. McCaffrey, even though his high total does still get over his, he gets 98. He was at 92 and a half in that game. Romeo Dobbs, we said there was going to be one receiver that was going to get there for the Packers. It ended up being Dobbs yet again, 83 over his 35 and a half pregame there with all of that. Kittle soars over his with 81 yards. And of course, with the Debo injury, Juwan Jennings ends up getting featured. He goes for 61 yards in this game as well. Let's talk some props here for the games today when we come back. We're going to be hitting you with our best prop. (laughs) Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.